guys welcome back to the podcast man oh man since the last time i recorded anything um well posted i'll put it this way i i record far more than i post um so one of the last times i was recording there was a lot going on that's different from what's even going on now i mean we got a lot of political overseas situations going on um talk of recession inflation is out of control rumors of gas prices moving to being in potentially i don't know how many digits they're saying three three digit three i don't know how wait um double digits i guess that's that would be the right way of saying it i guess because right now it's still where i live you can find gas under five dollars but it's like 485 ish to uh 485 ish a gallon um if you pay cash and then about 4.95 a gallon sometimes even more than $5 a gallon if you're paying card <clears throat> usually it it seems to be about a 10 to 20 cents difference from from uh you know between using a card and cash and i think a lot of times people want to use cards a for convenience b for uh, maybe if you if you still you know don't want the social contact and stuff, and then um, yeah, because yeah, with the card you have to usually go like you usually don't have to go into the actual teller or into the store, um, <clears throat> the cashier or whatever you call them. Um, I don't know. I guess where some people live, maybe you have like it's not self service, but where I live, I've never seen a gas station that isn't self service. I've actually never witnessed that or experienced um a non-self-service gas station um i've seen them like on tv and in movies and old movies and all kinds of stuff but i don't even know um yeah so i don't really know how that works but i i don't know if you have to tip that person i don't know it sounds like a lot like what i've seen in movies it seems like they wipe your windows and you know fill your tank or give you however much and you pay them um they're the ones who fill your tank i don't know it's kind of a weird i never really understood it but i guess it's employment it employs people so i guess you know that's cool there's this movie hollywood or, or series it's on netflix called hollywood and i think i mean i don't want to spoil it but i think it starts out with um the main character um working at or getting employment through a type of a uh gas station where they serve people and I think it's it might also be a mechanic shop I don't remember um today we're going to talk about education 
I also want to talk about debt. But... I'm also not sure why all of a sudden... Why all of a sudden my phone got... My phone started um, capturing really loud audio. Maybe I'm talking louder. Maybe I'm talking more directly into the speaker. I don't know, because now... I don't know. Now it's like right next to my mouth. It doesn't even seem as loud. But anyways... Today I want to talk about education. Um, Millennials. If you're a millennial. I'm a millennial. Dang it. As, As... my friend told me, and I started using this, saying that, you know, we're elder millennials. I was born in 83, so I still count. I'm, like, right on that border. But a lot of people know, you know, our generation, our generations, you know, have been screwed. Uh, I, I talk to my friends about this a lot. Not in, not in a way to complain, though. Um, I mean, there's, it's definitely challenging but we're seeing in a way a sort of a collapse almost of that um western style of kind of like making yourself successful or whatever you want to call it now there's some things that i've noticed um such as opportunity shifting I mean, within my lifetime, because I have a lot of family in Africa, in Zimbabwe, in my lifetime, I have seen people, you know, I have have family that lives in, like, rural, um, um, you know, Midwest in in the United States, too. And I've seen the process of, you know, me living... You know, growing up in Los Angeles, I don't live there right now, but I still live in Southern California, and I grew up in Los Angeles, and um, I've seen the process of people not having internet to internet, well, actually, from people having computers, and also people who never had, a co- who didn't have computers, like, when I was really young, Um, As far as I remember, now I can't remember if we had a computer when I was age five. Um, I can't remember that. I remember when we moved to a specific house that was near LAX, uh, relatively speaking. I mean, it was still far if you consider the traffic and stuff. It was probably 30 minutes away, but that if you need a reference point it was near LAX airport um generally you could see the planes like uh landing it was it was like they would lie they if you stood out in our front on our front step or on our front line um and just faced across the street you could see the planes landing like they were they were big enough that you could like see what the airline was and like when i was younger i kind of knew like all the airlines, all the types of airlines, you could just see the planes uh coming in. Like it wasn't they weren't like really, really low, but they were you know, I got I got used to the sound of planes landing and usually you know, I just ignored it. Like I got I adapted to it. So basically yeah, I I 
I was raised in a time when my my parents were still studying. They were still going to school when I was young. And we moved near LAX when I was about five. I, I give that estimation because I remember starting kindergarten out in that area um, at a public school. And um, before that, I was going to school in the Midwest. So during that time period, and things may have changed. I don't really keep up with like very young children's elementary school preschool type of stuff but I remember in that area in the midwest you would start kindergarten around age I think it was one year later because of my birthday being in August and so you would start a year later than you would in California and so when I moved I was about one year older yeah I guess Because I think we moved maybe in summer, and then by the time I went back to school, I'd had my birthday, and I was six years old, I guess. So I think we moved when I was five. I turned six in August and then started school either August, September. I can't remember. I was in kindergarten. But I remember um, we would walk to school. My dad was still studying. He had this old computer. I don't remember what type. I remember it was it was black and white no 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 sorry the screen was black the type was yellow like kind of an, a dark yellow uh, almost like orange maybe it was orange like a light orange dark yellow I don't know um or maybe it was the other way around no I don't think it was a yellow screen with black type I think it was black screen yellow type yellow orange type um and it took I think two floppy disks like the I don't know how big they were they were huge they weren't the three three and a half ones or whatever that size was they were the bigger black ones that were thin that had the little sleeve and you'd put those in you'd put the little latch one was for the operating system and the other one was for the program itself whatever software you were running um and a lot of it was like there were still commands you had to go through to like get into it which I don't remember if I learned then and then I remember when we had a Macintosh I mean I remember yeah when I was growing up because I remember we had like Encarta and like some other kind of like CD-ROMs I remember when CD-ROMs became like a thing and then um we eventually had internet um I think when we moved, like, closer to the coast, I don't remember when we got internet, but I remember I got my first email account at, like, I think I started using it at 16, but I remember my dad had made us email accounts, like, early, and I remember my dad being, like, make sure you, like, he always was, like, he loved to lecture about, he still does, he loved to lecture on anything um my family were all such nerds but he loves to lecture and he basically told us about a um he basically told us about a a situation where he was saying like okay if you guys want to make money learn how to type and when you go to college you can type people's papers for them like not like with the con like make up the content 
and write, you know, like cheating. He was just saying like you could physically just do the part of like they write it, they write a draft by by hand and you type. And then there was a certain point in school where um that guy just littered. I saw you litter. I saw you throw that tissue underneath that car. It wasn't even your car, buddy. Anyways, um he he basically told us that we could get like a, a side hustle side job typing and in my head I was like yeah that that's cool that's what I want to do when I'm in college that's how I'm gonna that's how I'm gonna support myself um I'm gonna type you know I'm gonna make money typing um I mean I didn't know much about college or anything but I was always told like my parents always told me you're gonna go to college you're gonna go to grad school um And I kind of just had that idea in my head. Like, in my head, that was, like, normal. That, like, you go to college, you graduate, you get a bachelor's or whatever, you know, and you get a master's or, you know, a PhD or a doc, you know, some kind of doctorate or, um, you know, an an MD, you become, like, an MD of some form, like, you become a doctor, um, that was normal for me. That was like normal talk in my house that like, oh yeah, you know, you're in this grade or whatever. And then you're going to go to the, the next grade and you're going to go to college, you know? Um, and you're going to, you know, so I never thought like, okay, when I graduate high school, that's going to be the last step and I'm going to start looking for work. Like in my head, I was going to be in school for a long time. So I learned to love it. I learned, I learned about what I loved. I mean, it was like my first career was education. Um, And I learned at a young age, you know, just how to not necessarily compare myself in a way as in like judgmental, like, oh, I'm better than this person. But the way I the reason why I say compare myself is because I wasn't that good in my classes. Um, I had some strengths in some classes that were really uh, it was really like kind of like not a balanced skill skill set. So I was really good with spelling. Um, like something about spelling was really easy for me. Artwork was really easy for me. Handwriting was really easy for me. We had handwriting classes. Um, anything with just like memorize, memorizing and like like writing in general, those were easy for me. Music, I loved um, music classes, art classes, stuff like that. PE was easy for me, like, I was able to, like, do the skills, like, um, play sports, you know, I I was a pretty active kid, too, so, uh, like, it, it was just an extra version of, like, athleticism that I had to use, like, I wasn't, like, struggling to run the laps, or if the teacher, we had, like, a, a, a teacher that called himself the troll when we were in, like, grades, like, seven through, like, nine, I guess, those were the grades that we did PE, and um, I had an, a weird school experience, but um, I'll talk about my experience and I'll talk about kind of what I notice about like barriers um, that that have kind of developed. But not only the barriers, but also kind of the benefits we have. Uh, those of us who are millennials and those of us who aren't millennials, I think every generation has its has its costs of being part of that generation. There's barriers to them kind of maybe getting ahead like it was in the past or getting ahead like people did like people will do in the future 
but then everyone there is some benefit to it as well so I don't want to just be like oh let's talk about all the negative because we know the negative we're living it we're experiencing it right now some of us our parents are even experiencing it as we all you know get laid off or can't you know support ourselves or find adequate work and people are moving back with families um who are allowing them to do so or it's kind of like a like needing needing to live somewhere and not be homeless but you know some of us are are having to do that and some of our families are cool to live with some of them aren't but um you know some of us have that opportunity or the option to move home and you know save money to buy a house and maybe like rent out some of the rooms and like make some kind of a profit you know in some other ways by taking taking advantage not necessarily like in a negative way but like taking advantage of opportunities that are offered like saying yes to them and you know noticing the benefit and you know working on a successful plan based on what people may offer I don't see any shame in that Uh, culturally I don't I I know that there are a lot of cultures that you know, when you're 18 years old, they're going to kick you out and you, you no longer, you know, rely on the family and the family's, you know, not financially supporting you. You can't live there anymore. Um, my family doesn't operate like that. Like everyone kind of stays in their lane. Um, nobody's overly expecting others to like give to them. But like, if you get in a bind, you know, you lose your, your bank card or somebody fraud fraudulently like steals a bunch of your money or a paycheck doesn't get to you on time, or there's some random bill that just like, you know, maybe you, you ran your account to the last dollar knowing you're going to get paid in, in the next day. And, you know, maybe the, uh, the, I remember when the Amazon prime subscription used to renew at the beginning of the year and it was like a hundred dollars or something. It's like, I was not expecting that. Like something like that happens where you're just like, Oh shoot. Now I've got like a negative hundred dollars in my bank and I need the money you know I wasn't expecting that to happen I was gonna go get groceries or something like but yeah no one's like expecting for somebody else to pay all their rent or do this do do like all the work for them it's more like you know it's just literally like I need help with this thing because this random thing came up and if we don't have savings at that point like I think everyone in my family kind of goes through like having savings you know, and then like having time periods where, you know, times are tough. And um, yeah, so people are supportive, but it's never like, not supportive. So I don't really know. So there's that there's also um, um, yeah, just so yeah, when I was young, when I was very young, when I was in kindergarten, that's when I kind of realized that, um, you know, kind of, well, not really necessarily when I was in kindergarten, but I noticed which classes I was good at, which classes I wasn't good at. Um, and that's still consistent to today. Like I tend to be, um, and I'm not, I'm not saying negative things about myself. It's like, I feel like we all have strengths and weaknesses, um, things that we can improve on if, if we're looking at the general population and kind of seeing kind of like where we where we where we are when we look at ourselves and then when we look at other people um i would say for me um 
something that I've noticed. I've usually needed more time to finish things. Uh, the, the speed at which I process things, unless I'm like highly caffeinated, um, and I don't like to be highly caffeinated because it just, you know, usually impacts my energy after a few hours and then I'm way less productive and way more irritable and it affects my performance in that way. So I'd rather just limit the caffeine, but then get a little bit in my system just to get a little bit more energy so that I can kind of um, get that jolt to kind of get going. Uh, I wonder what happened to jolt soda, by the way. Um, but get that jolt. And then after, after I would get kind of the, the energy going, um, I, I would, you know, I had a lot of brain fog growing up. I remember that just feeling kind of foggy in school. Um, I would, I would be trying to finish something and kind of like distracted. Like a lot of my classes were two classes together. So a lot of my classes were like, I remember I had third and fourth grade, like once I went to the private school starting in third grade, we had third and fourth grade, fifth and sixth grade, seventh and eighth grade, ninth and 10th grade, all those grades were together in one room. And so we usually had assignments in the class, assignments to take home, projects, papers, that kind of thing. Um, so we had assignments in the class, meaning that the teacher would kind of teach a lesson, right? And then give us some time to complete the in-class work to turn that in during class as practice. And then we'd take it home and practice doing it again, whatever the, whatever the type of material was. So we'd have some kind of thing that we would do in, in the class and something else we'd have as homework, um, for almost every single class. So if I had six classes, I'd usually have about six things of homework or some homework we only really had do like on Fridays, like I think the spelling, all the lessons through spelling were due on Friday and there were like five different exercises per um, chapter or whatever. I don't know. Um, But I remember, you know, in the reading class, just like having some trouble with the reading comprehension it was hard for me when there were other people just kind of there. There was like the wrestling around of people maybe getting up to sharpen their pencil or people kind of like talking amongst, you know, their group, you know, to try to like figure out the answers. Like we, it was individual work, but like sometimes people would talk. And then there was always, because we had these joined classes, we always had the teacher up there teaching the next lesson to the next class. So either I was, say if I was thir- in the third and fourth grade class and say if I was in third grade, while I was trying to finish my lesson, the teacher would be talking to the fourth grade class about what their lesson was going to be. Or if, or vice versa, when I was in the fourth grade class, the teacher was then teaching whatever lesson they were teaching to the third grade class. So there was almost always somebody talking. And I noticed that it's hard for me to work with distractions around me. And it's also hard for me to work with absolutely zero distractions, you know, Um, and then like, you know, I like some like maybe really soft music in the background or even like rain or, you know, um, some kind of sound, some kind of stimulation of some sort, but not, not verbal stimulation, um, that I can understand in English. Um, not people talking, 
um, that really screws up my screws up my ability with like reading, writing, that kind of stuff. And the more tired or fatigued I am throughout the day, it's I get way slow. So a lot of that contributes to me being slow. And it's still the same thing at work. I'm I get slow with stuff. Um, you know, I notice a lot of times there's deadlines and I need like a little bit of extension sometimes. But then also I work in a field where we get so much work and it's so emotionally demanding and so overwhelming a lot of times that like everybody's kind of behind so it's not just me um but yeah sometimes it's like we're all freaking behind um but it really takes a toll and so there's that and then um there's yeah so there's that control issue there's the issue of um yeah so there's the control there's the issue of um like just not not being like too super good at some stuff good at some stuff some other stuff not not too good at some other stuff um but I kind of notice why it's that way um and I noticed that it's consistent, though. A lot of the stuff I wasn't good at when I was younger, um, I, you know, I clearly went through a lot of school. So, I mean, it wasn't that big of a deal. Right. Um, but I still noticed that it's still there's still similar types of difficulties with some kind of task during work, um, such as like, well, I remember in my math class, I don't really do a lot of math at work. I mean, I I use Excel, but I mean, I just use the freaking formulas and stuff. Like, I don't really do a whole lot of, like, actual math. Um, but yeah, I would do the math, and um, I would do math at school. And I remember, you know, reviewing, once I realized I could review the night before, I and then when I went to class, you know, the teacher would show examples on the board, and I would kind of get it better. And but I noticed I'm not necessarily not good at math. It's just I'm a little not so good with the accuracy. And so I will understand concepts. I was good. I don't really know any formulas, a lot of formulas right now, but I was good at memorizing the formulas, getting down like the structure, understanding the mechanics of it all and understanding how to actually do the work, show my work step by step. But getting the right answer was always the difficulty. So I noticed on my homework, because we only were graded on the answer, um, I didn't do too well on the homework. I was getting almost like 50%, which is bad. Um, I think we had about 30 questions a night, most most nights, like when I was a little older, around like 6th or 7th grade, up through, I don't remember what grade. But I would usually get about half of it right. But then when I started taking exams and or like in class work and stuff because if you showed the work you get partial credit if the teacher could kind of identify where you went wrong um like if you were still doing the math right but just your answer is wrong you know but you just made like a an error like oh you accidentally added instead of subtracted like in step three and then there's 20 well not there wasn't really 20 steps usually but 10 more steps or five more steps you know and you end up not being able to do it. So not being able to get the answer right, but you're, it, you could show that you were able to do the actual problem and do it right. You just didn't get the right numbers because 
either you added or subtracted wrong or multiplied or divided wrong somewhere or you just got the wrong um you know you did the wrong operation I don't know um but yeah I noticed I was getting a lot of partial credit as well as like right answers and so I ended up passing um my classes and stuff there's only one algebra it was an algebra 2 class and because there was a misunderstanding between me and the professor that um I thought she said that she approved for me to go on this mission trip that was like 10 days and she did approve but I guess she put that you know I needed to turn in the work first and so all my other all my other teachers had said you know yeah turn it in after like you have one maybe like for example you have one week to do it after and so I thought that this teacher would let me do it after and then I guess maybe I didn't read what she responded or didn't hear it or didn't write it down correctly if I was taking a note or um, maybe I don't know what happened but basically she wouldn't let me turn in those assignments And because she didn't let me turn them in and she said they were late, that made it so I didn't pass the class and then I had to retake it. Uh, I had to retake that second semester. But when I got into that class, um, the retake class, everyone was like, including the teacher, they were all like, why didn't you, why are you even here? You clearly know how to do the work. And even the teacher realized that. And there was some embarrassing moment that I probably mentioned before that like, when we, this was back when we used to use like overhead projectors in the class so she um was trying to explain how to do one of the problems and and because she assumed that I had done it right she um yeah she assumed I did it right and then um yeah because yeah, she basically copied my homework onto like the over pre- overhead projector. I don't know if she copied it onto one of the blank slides or if she had the kind that would actually show pieces of paper. It would like project it um, like mirror. It was like a mirror light proje- projection. I don't know how to explain it, but um, I can't remember. But anyways... Um, yeah, I did one step wrong. Um, I added somewhere instead of subtracting or something. And then it was like a long division problem. But it was like a really, really... I don't know if it was long division. It was something that involved long division. It was probably... I think it was like graphing graphing a parabola or something like that. So like my graph was like way off. And then the numbers were like way off. Um, and then... I guess she assumed I got it right because she never like looked at it (laughs) and that and that was the one where she was like she never looked at it and so um she had trouble explaining it and then she went and used my homework to try to explain it and then it turned out that I was not I didn't have it right as in the answer wasn't right because I made an error early on but it showed that I knew how to still do the problem and so um yeah, so it's not like I, I it's not like I never had problems in school. I just was always kind of taught that, you know, 
this is how your life is going to be like culturally this is our family's values and just as this is just kind of it was just kind of how we talked about things there was no it would it would almost be like if you're if you're in any typical you know american family your your you know family usually isn't going to tell you you're not going to be in school past fourth grade you know you're 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 going to be out of fourth grade and this is going to be your role at, at once you once other people are going to grade five this is going to be your role and you're going to see your friends learning all this stuff and then but this is kind of what your life is going to look like our family kind of talked like that it was kind of like yeah you're going to see a lot of your friends you know whose parents don't care or like or like who you know might you know get work out of high school or something or like Another thing my parents would talk about was like you would see a lot of you you'll you're going to see what you're going to see in the future um of your life it, are a lot of people um while they're in school, you know, taking breaks, taking long breaks to get to get jobs and then they're never going to finish their degree because you know they start working and making money and you know my parent the way my parents kind of talked about things too was kind of like you know if you kind of live a, a not I don't want to say a broke lifestyle they didn't say it like that but it's like if you kind of live a broke lifestyle um and never you know level up you're not really going to know you know what that's like you know you won't really know what you're missing too much cuz you're used to a certain lifestyle and so that was kind of how how we talked about things um you're never you're not really gonna you're not really gonna know um and so it won't be hard for you it won't be hard for you to finish school because you're trying to get to that end goal of completing school going to work um getting the job based on you know what your education the job your education provides for you um and then starting to work um and getting potentially a higher income than you would have um and so that's kind of how my family talked about school um that's kind of how they talked about you know they kind of talked about how what what I'll see versus what other people are doing and not to get distracted by the fact that you know out of high school my friends have money they're getting apartments they're getting cars but you know you're living at home and don't have a job but you know you're going to have your education that's going to have a degree that you can you know get different jobs because you have that degree so even if you do get a job that and the company goes over uh sorry goes under if the company goes under you're still going to have op- opportunities to use your degree to go get another job um things like that like or like you're going to have that education and opportunities for jobs that you wouldn't otherwise have like for example the job i have requires a masters degree you can't work at our site without a masters degree if you want my position and it doesn't matter how much work you do or how often you're working or how good you are at the job if you have a bachelor's they're not going to let you do the the same job that I do you have to have the degree just like the other jobs at my site you have to have a bachelor's degree if you don't have the bachelor's degree it's a qualification for even like applying even if you have like 30 years of experience um and don't have the degree you literally can't work at that job at that job type of that 
job uh, title. And so, I mean, I'm not saying I get paid, like, a whole lot either, you know. Um, The type of work I do is similar to, like, social work kind of work. Like, we don't really get paid a whole lot. Um, Unlicensed people don't really get paid that much where I live. Um, I mean, compared to other jobs, I mean, yeah, it's, it's decent, but it's, it's not that much money. Um, but I'm still, I'm still trying to figure out, um, kind of different ways within the field that I'm in to kind of, um, use what I know, use what I learn, um, what I have learned. Like I've been at this type of job for like five years now, six years now, shoot, um, eight years if you count like practicums and things like that. So, um, and then all the experience I got in grad school and everything. So yeah, I've seen, I've seen in my lifetime, like how computers have shifted and changed and, now we have them in our pockets and there's a lot of apps even that are just like you just touch it and just just do this do that real quick you know I can build a website on my iPhone I don't have to like code it from scratch I mean it helps to know those skills but it's like sometimes if you just want to do one specific type of thing um if you think about it somebody writes that software for you to be able to kind of just avoid the coding. They did all the coding so that you don't have to do it if you don't want to. But if you if you have the skills, if you have that kind of knowledge, um, it does help. And it also helps um, to kind of know what you're focused on trying to do as far as like work, as far as the field. Um, it helps to kind of see what's changing in your time. Like, I find it fascinating how fast things change. Like, for example, when I started grad school, like right before grad school, I think I took a year, two years. I don't remember how long studying for the GRE. I learned how to build websites. I learned about blogging. I learned a lot about like digital marketing just on my own. And things have changed so much since then. Like that was the days of like Google Plus. Like this is like way back when when blogger, I think blogger wasn't Google's yet. I think it was still called Blogspot. I don't remember. Like this was like so long ago. Um like I was pretty tech savvy and I had all this time and energy on my hands. Um and I needed things to do. I was like, shoot, I need to freaking have things to do. I was working a little bit, but before I was working, I did have I don't know, whatever. Um so basically when I was in when I was starting my um, grad school, like time during grad school, um, I, you know, all the stuff I just said I learned that was like techie stuff that I always wanted to learn, didn't know before. I started grad school, was in grad school for, I don't know how long, like three years for, you know, my master's. And then I started a doctorate program and I was you know, that didn't work out after the third year, but I mean, it was, so like six years of grad school, um, almost consecutive years. I think there may have been a year between two, 
But I remember um, more recently when I started trying to get back in to things. So I would say it's been, shoot, like 12 to 13 years since I since I started grad school, like since when I was starting grad school between then and now. Um, and I remember it was probably a couple years back when I started getting more into tech stuff, more into like, you know, internet, kind of like the internet marketing kind of world, digital marketing kind of stuff. And I was like, man, I missed a lot. <laughs> like I was like, so like, I didn't know how to use the the new version of Microsoft Office really good. I didn't know how to use the new, like, I don't know if it was like Windows 10 or whatever. I was like, this is so weird. Like, um, and I remember our, 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 um, work had like work laptops that were like, um, you know, they used windows and like all this stuff. And so sometimes, you know, when you'd have to borrow a laptop to do overtime at home or something, um, it would be like different software if it was one of the newer ones. And I was like, dude, I don't really know how to like use some of this stuff too good. Like I I could figure like the weird thing is, is like I'm savvy enough that I can figure it out. Right. It's like, I know how to kind of troubleshoot. And if I can't troubleshoot, I know the terminology of what to look up on like YouTube or something for a tutorial. And usually I can get through things that way. And if not, I have so many people that I can ask, but usually I'll try all that kind of stuff first. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of my experience with, with school education in general. Now, when we look at our generation and kind of what's going on now, and a lot of the stuff that's coming up, most of us, what, what we see are the negatives that are in front of us. Cause those seem like they're the most impactful thing. Uh, for some of us, they are, for some people, they don't have work. I have friends that don't have work that are the same age as me, graduated same time as me didn't have, um, didn't, don't have the same degree. Maybe they're in a different field and the field I'm in is doing well. The field they're in, this is the second time the recession is hitting some of them or a recession or some form of, I don't even know what you want to call it. Um, cause I guess we're in a potential recession right now, I guess is not quite re- considered a recession, but, um, According to Millennial Money, when I was watching that this morning, listening slash watching, um, I think it was yesterday's episode from the 22nd that they were talking about from February 22nd, where they were talking about, um, I wish I knew what it was, the Treasury or something. Um, I don't know exactly what this chart was showing, but I just glanced at it because I was doing some other work and it was down to like 38, 37 something like that and when it hits zero that's when it's considered a recession and if you, it showed like the months before um multiple months before maybe up to a year before where it was like in the hundred something and so I mean it's dropped at at the very least I don't know if it was 100 or 200 I can't remember what the number was um but if it drops to zero which it looks like it's a way closer to zero than it is to even the middle of where would be further from zero I mean we're not even near like 50 you know you know we're yeah so or 100 or whatever um that didn't make any sense I'm sorry um I know it didn't make any sense you'd have to basically watch the episode because I don't really know but basically what I was trying to say is that we're not 
quite officially at the stage of calling the situation a full-on recession. But I remember when I was in grad school, there was a recession as well. And now here we go again. I mean, I've I've talked about this, how I remember, you know, because I was using financial aid to get through college, through grad, through grad school, not my undergrad, um, but through grad school. And I remember using my... Um, using my, um, my, my college, (laughs) I remember using my, um, using financial aid, and I remember initially when I was in that program, you know, if you needed, I think you would wait, you would have to apply, and then wait, to get your financial aid and then once your classes were paid for because the classes were paid automatically they would send you the difference and then once you got the difference in your hand you were able to um keep that to spend for what you needed that's the expectation was that it was for like living in school expenses not for like all kinds of other stuff and then you were able to take that month you were able to contact financial aid and apply for a for an additional loan or, or additional money or whatever it was and i remember it was a combination of like grants and loans and things like i don't know whatever um but i remember when the recession hit driving to the campus which was about 90 minutes in traffic about 50 minutes without um, if you count like the parking and the walking and all that, it would probably take about 50 minutes, um, 50, 50. It was like just under an hour. Um, and so I remember getting to the campus. I remember once sitting on hold during the because re- during the recession, everything was so much longer. Lines were so much longer. Um, everything was like way longer than it had been um, when we were not in the recession and so it just showed how long the phone lines were like before I think I waited like seven eight minutes on hold like during peak hours like if I would call like right when they were opening then you know usually somebody would answer pretty much right away and then it took maybe seven eight minutes which still is a long hold but like once you know that's about your average wait time you don't really care um but yeah and then I remember driving somewhere between an hour or 90 minutes all the way to campus because I was like you know I'm there's still enough time for me to get into the financial aid office in person so I might just freaking have to drive there and in LA you know 30 miles takes you an hour or or 90 minutes you know so I I drove the 30 miles with the phone on hold uh no, no sorry with the phone with me on on hold with the financial aid office um like no one had answered the phone like they it would just go through like you know it would just keep you on hold and I remember calling and being on hold and it took the amount of time that it took me to get to the office and this is after I had already been on hold I think I was on hold had used my mom's phone as well and neither one of us were getting through and then I remember driving all the way there with hopes to like get get through you know and I think it took this a similar amount of time from when I left the house 
Um, and it was like, I didn't need to be on campus that day or something, but for some reason I was like, this is, it, it was kind of urgent enough that I needed to do it or preferred to do it that day rather than like wait till a day I was going to be there or something. I don't remember why, but probably, I was probably broke. That's probably why, honestly. Um, I was pretty broke in grad school. Um, I think every, most people are, um, but yeah, that's kind of, that was just one of the differences. And then I remember also financial aid not covering um, early. And so you would start class, not even have the money for financial aid to cover your books yet. Um, but you would start class, you would start school, you'd be maybe the first week into your classes, maybe second week, no book. Um, you would probably have to get it from the library and copy all the pages or whatever. I got smart about that because I know that my phone has, um, like, you know, you can record video. And so I would just, you know, I don't do this now, but I mean, like, I I had an idea later on in life where I was like, well, technically, you could just go and, like, turn on video and just slowly turn the pages and show the pages and then just watch your video and pause it when it gets to the page, you know? Like, it's not, it's just reading at that point, but I mean at least you have the book. (laughs) Um, but yeah, we would need books and you know, that was like hundreds of dollars at that point. And then we didn't even have our, um, financial aid by the time school started. And the thing was, is that the school had to, you know, financial aid had to send the money to the school and pay for the classes. And then, you know, that had to be processed and then we would get the remaining money still, And we could still apply for that additional money, but we noticed everything was taking so much longer. It was so much much more stressful. So we took longer to get everything done. And then there would be a point where, like, you'd have offices from the school calling you, like, this is due. This is due. Your money's due. And I'm like, well, I'm on financial aid, and financial aid hasn't kicked in. And so, like, they just, they would just, it got to a point where they would just leave us alone. Like, they'd still call us about it, but they had to just leave it alone because it was such a big issue that financial aid wasn't getting to the school fast enough and then getting to us fast enough. And then we weren't getting the, the money that we needed to pay for our books fast enough. So like there were, there was a while there where we were slow. (laughs) And I remember starting in community college when I want to say it was maybe like, I remember when it, when it raised like 20 or $25 a unit And I was like, that's so expensive. Some people can't afford that. And so when I first started community college, it was less than $20, $25 a unit. So um, this wasn't, I mean, it's long ago now that I think of it. But like, that was like 2003. Um, Because I graduated high school in 2002 and started, yeah, started college right after at community college 2003. I was there for three years. Um, 2006 started my bachelor's, finished it in two years, 2007 to 2008. I was trying to get into grad school, got into grad school in 2008. Um, cause I think I was studying for the GRE between and maybe worked a little, I don't know. I did work. I did work. I worked at the school, um, taught computers, taught senior computers and K through six computers. Um, yeah, I did that. Um, I had a good time, um, but the money just wasn't there from the schools. Um, so that's something that 
we had to deal with back then. Um, but I was, when the recession, you know, when it hit, I remember a lot of my friends, the ones who had gone to school, um, who hadn't, sorry, the ones who had gone to high school, graduated high school and started work right away. A lot of them lost their jobs. Now I'm not saying that, you know, it could be just, I'm not saying that, that you can't get jobs, that you won't keep jobs if there's a recession, if you don't have higher than like a high school diploma, it really depends on the field, right? So I'm just, I'm just noticing the trend that I saw where a lot of my friends who went to their first like bachelor's programs, well, no, a lot of, yeah, no, I'm saying that wrong. So the, the friends that I had when I was starting grad school, a lot of them finished college and, um, but yeah, they got a bachelor's, but they didn't have a master's. And then a lot of them ended up going back, moving back home, having to like either sell or get rid of their apartments, their cars, things like that, um, downgrade or, you know, if they were able to move back home. A lot of them, I mean, everyone I know got back on their feet. Um, I know people who joined the military. Um, I mean, people worked it out, but um just talking from the education standpoint, it's important to kind of know which fields, you know, um, kind of withstand, or at least in the, in the past have with, withstood the recessions, uh, because it does seem like they do happen. Um, I mean, if it's this year, next year, I don't know. Um, but yeah, um, what we saw were a lot of different fields kind of like losing their losing their work, having to shut down companies, having to shut down branches. There's an episode um, of The Office, and I wonder, uh, I think it was probably filmed during that time of the recession, and it was kind of like on point about like all the branches closing or having to close or like certain things like that. I, I just remember it was in the season where uh, Michael and Holly, Michael and Holly were in the office together. Um, I can't remember much more than that, but yeah, I think, I think it was recorded during the time of the actual recession, but I don't know. I'm new to the show, so I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I love that show. I've seen it like multiple times by now, but I mean, I'm new to it. Um, I didn't watch it when it first came out. And then the first one I started watching was the UK one and I didn't understand it because, I, that kind of humor is kind of hard for me to really get. Um, it took me ages, guys, to figure out that Skins, the UK version, is is a um, is a is like dry comedy. Like I was like, why is this so funny but depressing at the same time? Like, what is going on? Like people are dying and nobody cares, and there's all these like weird characters. Um, they're just off. Like a lot of them are just odd people. In, in the show, it's like, who, what is wrong with these people? They have, like, ketchup on their shirt and stuff like that. Like, what is this? Um, it's, it's honestly one of my favorites, my favorite, uh, shows and series, though. I might have to watch it again, because it's actually super funny. Um, but, yeah, um, so yeah, looking at like something that we've definitely seen, like those are some things that we've definitely seen is how how education gets paid for, how how it's impacted. Um 
there's a there's a documentary called Borrowed Future. Borrowed Future by Dave Ramsey. I really want to check it out. I haven't yet, but I really want to check it out, guys. Um, I said it before, but I just I didn't find it when I was looking for it, other than on like iTunes and or Apple TV. I don't know what it was. One of those types of apps. Um, but I just think. I really, I really do see value in education. I just think one of the hardest things is the balance between if you're going to get the pay that you think you want or think you need. So what I, what I would say, and I'm not like a financial advisor, I'm not a professional, but just from my own personal experience, what I would say is you want to know how much your degree gets paid starting, um, in your, in the area that you want to live in. That's one thing that can help you kind of decide, um, if you haven't started, you know, an educational path yet, or if you're changing, and getting different or more education in some area to kind of switch careers or get different opportunities or whatever. Um, or just cause you want to, cause learning is fun. Um, that was not sarcastic. I love learning guys. Um, but I, you know, sometimes I'm just tired or feel lazy, but I really like to learn. Um, I find it very, it, it keeps me very motivated. Um, I feel like when I'm motivated, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy. Like, have goals, working towards things, have energy to do it versus feeling like down and not having the energy and be like, ah, like I feel like I can't get things done and I don't want to feel this way. Nobody wants to feel that way. Um, but you know, I go, I go through it sometimes as, as you guys know, I share. So, um, but one thing I'd say is, um, Sometimes I kind of, I would say, you know, you sometimes want to look at, look at things. Uh, And that's, that's something that I never really looked at too much. So my goal was getting into private practice for therapy. Um, That was why, you know, I took the path of, you know, education and psychology Um, but one thing I didn't really know is that I would be so exposed to research because I was applying to UCs and Cal States and places that are research based. I mean, I think you can get degrees with like family therapy, that kind of thing. Um, but like different types of counseling, things like that. But I didn't really go that route. Um, in school, I didn't go that route. I went the research route. But then, mind you, um, the the projections that I was kind of making for my future were based on clinical psychology with a PhD. Um, I was in experimental psychology, graduating with a with a master's degree. Those are two different things, two different fields. Um, two completely different sets of requirements. Um, I had to do uh, a master's thesis. I had to do 
you know, if I would have done just pure research, I would have had to do um, a, def- a, a, doctor, a doctoral defense. Um, I was in a hybrid program. So after I finished my master's, I was in like a hybrid type program that claimed it was research and clinical together. Now, I had never learned any clinical information that I could apply. I didn't know therapy techniques. This is before. Um, so after after I graduated from my master's at Cal State LA, I couldn't I couldn't do therapy. I knew like, you know, Freud and like, you know, I knew different um, um I totally knew different, you know, about therapy and counseling and things like that, but I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have any skill. Now, statistics, um, statistical software, forms of pro- programming for the software. Now, I was good at the manuals. I was good at the books. Did I know it all? I don't think I knew it all at that time. Um, maybe I did. I maybe I did, maybe I did know it all, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't really remember, um, maybe I did know it all, no, 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 I didn't know, because I couldn't do, um, what was SPSS, I think they changed their name to, like, PASW, something, I don't know, but, um, SPSS was the statistical software that I used the most, um, and I remember using MATLAB for some other, like projects um and I remember using excel for some forms of data entry um some forms of like early analyses I would use excel and then we needed something stronger so we used spss mostly um and I remember there were parts of books where we would learn the syntax like it's basically like coding so you you had like the point and click version of the software kind of similar not the same thing but similar to how Microsoft Office has like buttons that you click and remember how the old one had like the menus um so it would be like file edit whatever um so SPSS I think originally had the those menus at top up top and then I don't remember if it had those buttons as well like the in, for like the user interface but like I don't know eventually it did and then there it, so you could either click through to do the steps to like um you know do what you needed with the data to run a certain analysis to edit some of the like uh graphs and charts and di- find like different out outputs and different things like that or you could you could take that information um that you had used but do it like input it in a form that's like using the syntax that would tell the computer what to do how to run it now with syntax i believe um the thing that you have the advantage of is you know i i think you had more um variation that you could get as like more types of analyses you could run or different ways of like entering numbers and things like depending on the syntax because like basically if you couldn't run it like like an ANOVA or a MANOVA or whatever you were running but say it was a different type of analysis that you kind of 
knew the mathematics and mechanics around um you could input that like by syntax and it it did give you some more options using syntax than you would if you were just point click point click um but yeah that software has changed (laughs) but i remember that's kind of what we would use and we would um write a write we wrote a lot of like you know um research writing type of manuscripts we wrote a lot of like school like it was very academic you know we would present all of our classes had multiple statistical types of papers from any I think almost every class I did in grad school um before I got my master's I think everything at Cal State LA for the most part had some sort of project where you were entering data of some form, running an analysis, and writing a paper about it. If not a paper, you were presenting, or both, and you would do in-class assignments like that. you do group projects like that. you do a lot of stuff that involves statistics. Um, but we didn't do anything clinical. Now, I remember learning about, like, social psychology and human sexuality and all sorts of classes um, that we learned about, but we didn't actually do therapy in any of those. We didn't we didn't do mock sessions. Uh, we didn't learn, like, therapeutic techniques, nothing like that, um, like, how to actually do them. Like, we learned kind of about them, but I, I, in my head, it was so much theory. I didn't really understand, like, what it meant. I basically would, like, memorize the vocabulary words. So then... If I fast forward to the PhD program that I started and wasn't able to complete, um, I started it and it was a dissertation um, that I was writing as well as so I was doing research. I was we had the research side and the clinical side. So we had to write a dissertation and then we also had to write like we also had to learn all the clinical skills. So when it came to all the statistics and all that kind of stuff, I was I was like, this is just I just have to do the assignments. There was no like learning. I didn't learn anything except for different methods of how to do different uh, different methods of how to do stats. But I didn't really need a professor at that point. Like basically, I maybe learned like one or two types of statistical analyses that I'd never used before. And then a couple other ways to like run you know, to analyze data. I had, I had one professor, I'm just remembering now, none of us, re, none of us knew how to do that work. Like, none of us understood the class. It was so freaking weird. Um, but yeah, in my head, I was projecting like, you know, a, a six-figure income. And that was, that was in... Yeah, that was before I had started the doctorate program. So I was expecting to get out of that program three years after I actually ended it. Ended as in did not complete it. Um, it wasn't... I didn't, like, want to. But I was told that that's how it was going to unfold. Um, but I don't know. So there's that. And then... Um... So we had 
so I basically learned all the clinical skills and I had a really good time doing it. Um, but I also had a really hard time doing it because I didn't know I didn't have like a foundation. And so if you're if you want to, you know, go to a certain type of grad school, it's good to have the foundation. Uh, the difference for me between the program, like, so I could have technically gotten a master's through that program, that second program, too. But it was like combined, you'd have to get the PhD to actually get the master's. So even if you finished, you know, master's level amount of work, you didn't necessarily have a master's. And then you're like, unless you got the the PhD, and then you could say you had a master's and a PhD. But after, after you finished everything, like, you could do postdoc, but also it's, like, you don't really have, like, like, you have debt, like, a lot of people go into debt, and so that's another thing, is, like, our generation was taught to go into debt, um, into debt, and then, you know, you're owing, if you're, if you don't really work, and you're using mostly living off financial aid, and you're not really budgeting it, or saving it, or whatever, I mean, that's about three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars. Um, I mean, living in California, if you're paying rent and it's like not the cheapest rent, but just like an average price rent, um, even if you don't have like car payments necessarily, if you're not buying like a new car or anything, um, just if you go to like a professional school or like a private school that's like really expensive yeah, you can easily come out with that much debt. Um, if you think of like six years of that. So it's, it's a lot, um, to think about. Um, but some things that we do have on our side as millennials is like, you know, I was telling my friend this, that, that our generation has been forced to be creative. We weren't really told, okay, you go to school you finish high school, you go to work. Um, we have so many different things that we're doing um, that we can do that, you know, people like and that we can help ourselves. I mean, we have internet. A lot of us, most of us know how to use computers very well. Um a lot of us are the ones now kind of running companies and starting private practices and doing things like that. So, uh, you know, Facebook, MySpace, you know, all the Napster, like what the heck, um, LimeWire, all that kind of stuff, you know, even the majority of the apps, smartphones, that kind of stuff. I think Steve Jobs, yeah, he was older. Um, but yeah, like, all the like cool software stuff, all the changes in software, um, a lot of the technology related things. Um, and then even being able to make a career in social by being, by doing social media, figuring out the algorithms, learning about marketing, just kind of knowing how things work to build up, to monetize something, to make money. Um, just because you know how to do it and because you have a skill to share or knowledge to share that other people 
want, you know, or that other people will not even have to pay for and you could still get paid. Like, they don't even have to directly pay. Like, if I'm watching a YouTube video, I don't have to pay to watch the YouTube. Well, I can pay, but I don't have to pay, right? It's free. Now, internet's not necessarily free. Um, and the phone or devices aren't necessarily free, but you could still go to the library, even though they're paying for it, for all that. You could go or you could borrow stuff or you could have access to stuff through work or whatever. Um, that's not the point. Most people, that's not an issue for most people. I know the issue does exist, but it's not an issue for most people to try to get like computers and stuff. Um, in other places in the world, yes, where I live, absolutely not. It's not much of an issue. Um, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but we literally have homeless people with smartphones. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I'm just saying they can get a government phone, a smartphone that's a government phone. Yes, it's not as good. And it's, you know, I don't know how it gets charged. I mean, I've had homeless people that were clients of mine that would live in certain places where they they had charging stations. And when they go to appointments, they'd arrive a couple hours early and charge their docking stations. And they would have, you know, because they had so many appointments, they would always have everything charged. Um, and that was a good um a good helpful thing for some of my clients to be able to use certain apps and like feel connected and feel entertained and it you know and be able to get calls make calls I mean like I'm not saying homeless people shouldn't have phones I'm just saying there was a point when my grandma or you know my family grandparents in Zimbabwe I don't think they ever got internet honestly um and I don't think so I don't think they ever got internet and I didn't, I don't think they ever had, like they did have phones. I never had their number. It was like written on the, like some kind of, we had like a family phone book or like a page that we stuck on a wall somewhere where it had like all the important numbers. It was unorganized, but I'm pretty sure their number was on there. But there was a time when you had, when you'd have to call, um, overseas like it was like a whole weird thing and like I, I I didn't really know how to call overseas um and so I never really I don't remember ever really calling them too much anything like that um so there's that um yeah my grandma in the midwest she never got I think my grandfather passed away when I was like four or so because I had moved it was before we had moved to California, so I think I was, like, four. I kind of remember him passing away. I vaguely remember the funeral. Um, but I do remember, um, kind of. I, 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 I remember what I associate to have been the funeral and, and him passing away. But, um, but I don't think I really knew what was going on. I just remember my aunt took me on a walk and a bunch of people crying and I was playing in like a huge, like one of those like refrigerator type boxes, like in the living room, in the living room on the floor. Cause I was like really young and that's all I kind of remember in the funeral. But anyways, like we didn't even have internet back then. <laughs> like, and I was like four or so years old. But like I said, like I remember when we were in California, we had a computer and I don't remember if we had one before. We probably did. Or maybe my dad just used one from work or what. I don't know. But as far as I remember, um, we always 
had computers, whether or not I could use it. Like, I remember sitting in front of it a lot when I was young, really young, and not really knowing how to use it. I remember one of my friends deleted his dad's dissertation when his dad was at USC. His dad, the kid deleted his dad's dissertation, and I think they had to take the computer in to retrieve it. Um, it, not like now where it's like, you'd literally, you know, I don't know, I'm sure it happens, but it's like, you'd probably have some version of something saved somewhere, uh, you know, I don't know, or have it in the cloud somewhere or something like partially on a floppy, you emailed it to a professor. I don't know. Like, um, I don't know, but I really, I really don't, um, I don't, I don't really know, yeah, I'm I'm trying to think if there's any other technology outside of, you know, like, yeah, our generation definitely did a lot, and we have found ways to make jobs for ourselves, to make jobs for other people, I mean, Uber Eats and things like that, um, those didn't exist, uh, those are new, new-ish, you know, they've been around a while, probably a long time by now, honestly, when, because I, I can't keep track of, like, what year it is half the time, but, oh, man, it's just a funny thing, where it's, like, yeah, these have been here forever, (laughs) oh, man, and they have, they've been there forever, um, but, yeah, like, you even have apps like, you know, I record on Anchor a lot. Um, and you have apps like that where you can literally make money. Um, I mean, it's not paying my bills, but I mean, it's not, it's not, in, it's not so little of an amount of money that it's not worth doing. I'll put it that way. Um, it varies. The more I put into it, like I'd say if you don't have, you can get to a point where if you don't have a lot of money, I mean, if you don't, like, if you don't have a high CPM, say if you're C, you can get a CPM of about 20, let's say 25 or so, if you get to even that point, and then if you invest, like, um, I don't know how much you would invest, but it kind of depends, like, not, it's not invest, that's not what I mean, but if you hire someone to do the marketing for you, um, so I know a guy who can do marketing, um, for 130, I think it's like 130 bucks or something, and then he started out offering his services for like five dollars, um, but now he does more, he's kind of like, up. he's scaled up a lot, and that's a good skill to learn is how to market other people's stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would even say that, um, that it's hard to necessarily find ways to make money. Now, is it hard to make a living? I think that's not the easiest thing. Um, 
for a lot of people, especially considering like, like, man, if you live in Southern California, like I've got, I've got clients that don't have college degrees or that are making minimum wage. And I'm like, how do you even afford something? Like you literally have to share. Um, a lot of them have to share bedrooms. Like, um, a lot of people, you know, might make like not really enough to even afford rent um for their own private space, their own private room um between 700 to $1000 or so. And usually in the 800s is like average um to have a your own private bedroom. But if you can't afford that cuz I mean your your income usually has to be like three times that and a lot of people aren't making $3,000. A lot of people aren't making like, um, like $1,400, um, a month, you know, um, so to ask someone to pay two, three times that, two, three times the rent, you know, if it's 700 and you're not making 2100 or you're not making 1400 or you're not making 3000 you know, um, it's going to be hard to get a room to rent to yourself. And that's kind of the reality of where I live. It's like a lot of people don't even make that much money to afford the room to rent. And then the studios cost more, houses cost way more, everything costs way more. Um, but people aren't really able to afford it necessarily right now. A lot of people aren't, unfortunately. Um, but that is one thing that we have on our side is that we can definitely make our own money. Um, we can scale up. We can get side hustles, second jobs that are readily available. I mean, if you're if you're lucky enough to have a car, um that works and is reliable. I mean, yeah, gas is super expensive, but you can, you can make income, extra income, even with the expenses of gas by doing enough deliveries, pizza deliveries, um, uh, any type of delivery, basically, um, Uber Eats, um, Grubhub, Instacart, Shipped, all these different types of delivery type places you can work for these spots and make money and usually you're going to do pretty well. Um now it's not, you know, with benefits and like considering taxes and all this kind of stuff, like you know, you're not getting PTO and all this other kind of thing, but I mean you can do it like pretty much almost immediately. Um I mean, if you don't have a car, that's different. Um, if you don't, if you have a car that some reason doesn't qualify, that's different too. Because I remember um, to drive people with Uber, you have to have like a four door, or you have to have um, enough. Um, like it has to be new enough. Um, I can't. I can't do it with my ancient car. Um, but I love my old car. This thing, I love this thing, man. It's such a fun car. Um, I'm learning how to how to fix the fuses. And then, um, yeah, I kind of want to learn some more about plastics, um, which is kind of a weird, that is a really weird thing to say now that I notice myself saying that. But, um, 
there's some stuff I want to repair that I want to learn about how to like, you know, kind of fuse plastic back together. I have a lot of old parts on my car that are either outrageously priced, like $500 for like, you know, a wiper switch kind of thing. Um, outrageously priced where it's like, it's just broken a little piece of plastic broken like my my dashboard it's a hard plastic dashboard but it's like cracked and stuff but it's the original dash a lot of it's original stuff um so of course near 20 years it's gonna be freaking old but um and falling apart but i mean um i also take real good care of my stuff good enough care that you know um the engine the engine's solid um I mean, we're on our rebuild engine, second transmission, uh, second alternator just as of 2021. Um, But every, I think pretty much everything else is pretty much original. Um, But yeah, we can make our own work. We can make our own, our own options. It, you know, like before the work that you could get was maybe doing construction jobs, um, you know, like day labor kind of jobs um recycling kind of like odd jobs stuff like that handy handy jobs but now it's like with with the use of apps you can kind of just really have a lot of opportunities to do a lot of stuff there's task rabbit um now i i do notice that it is still work it is a lot of work they don't just like pay you all the time really good and like there's a lot you have to deal with, but I mean, it's literally, you can just do it. Like I have a friend who lost his job and he's like, I'm just going to drive Uber again. Like he, he just knows he can just do it. And it's enough of an income that it's worth doing it, but it's still a hustle. Like you're, you're not just like sitting there, like twiddling your thumbs. Like you're actually doing a lot of work. Um, but I mean, it's something, it's something to do, you know, that if you, if you're able to kind of sign up for it, you can just start doing it. Um, there are longer games like, you know, podcasting, YouTubing, I don't know if people say YouTubing, but you know, content creator of some form, um, you can do that. Um, usually you can even do it for free. Um, now, you know, marketing your brand and all these different types of things that takes a lot of learning, um, how to do, but I mean, other people do it so you can do it too. That's kind of how I see it. It's like, it's not like you're not seeing anyone do it. So, um, you can find out how they did it and do what they did. (laughs) Um, I love Graham Stephan guys, like his channels, he has multiple channels his brand is so cool and it's like he built himself up with hard work knowledge you know um educating himself about things trial and error he's one of my role models as well as Biaheza they're definitely role models of mine um that you know I really love love what they do um, when I feel low, not motivated, for some reason, I like watching their videos. It just kind of makes me like, I can do this. You know, I can, it, it, you know, it makes me want to start thinking of ideas and brainstorming like, okay, what haven't I tried? What, what can I do that I know work? You know, what, where do I need to put more of my energy and effort into? Um, cause that worked or this worked, you know, it's like, okay, something was like successful. How do I do it again? 
Um, I have a problem with consistency. I mean, I know you guys have noticed that, but it's because I work a full-time job. So I know what I need to do to get the buck, you know, but it's like, I, I want to provide quality. And even though I'm all over the place and I'm forgetful and a little bit like out of it sometimes, you know, this is better quality than you would get if I were to post every single day, even on the days when I kind of felt like I almost couldn't um, just because of, you know, like yesterday I had to go to the gym first day back at the gym since my little snowboard trip. And, you know, my back got injured snowboarding. So I took most of that long weekend, not even being able to snowboard or do anything active. And I really wanted to go hard, but I wasn't able to. So Tuesday was my first day back working out at all and exercising. I just used the bike and I was like, man, like, so I spent an hour in the gym, which I don't usually do. I don't usually spend an hour in the gym. Um, and then I showered at the gym. So it was like a really long time in the gym. Like, I think I was leaving at almost 630 and I got off work at like four. Um, but yeah, and then I went and grabbed dinner and stuff like that. So I wasn't really able to, um, like not, there's certain stuff I wasn't able to just like not do. Um, oh, sorry. Somebody parked in this lot in the, uh, the guy who lives and this parking lot is always yelling at the cars who come in. Um, I think he's used to me. I'm here, like, all the time. Um, haven't been here lately, but I'm here all the time. So, um, he's never bothered me. I, you know, I got no beef with the guy. Um... But, yeah, I... was just pretty I'm distracted by somebody right now um yeah so I I I do think we can make our own ways um something I've noticed um with educating myself um one of the harder parts of it is the organization part. Um, so I notice I tend to be lenient because structure isn't one of my strong points. Um, but I'm kind of lenient on myself about, about not, um, you know, keeping things very, very structured. Like I'll say, I want to do this this many times a week or, or on these days of every week or whatever. Or, you know, so my consistency gets off, but it's not always off. It's just, it just gets off, but yeah. All right. Pause a second to order my food so I can pick it up in about 10 minutes. Um, but yeah, our generation, you know, we have to be innovative. Um, that's kind of the best survival technique that we have is to think outside the box. You know, a lot of us have been taught one way and saw a lot of our 
parents, grandparents, even older, you know, generations of, you know, older generations of people in our families, we've seen them do things one way that for us, if we take that exact path, it might not look exactly the same as it did for them, right? It's like, like I was saying, like the graduating high school and just getting work or, you know, because if you do that, are you going to get a livable wage or trying to get a master's or doctorate using student loans? It's like, okay, maybe you get the degree, but then you still need to be making a significant amount of money to pay all that back, especially if you were living off of all of it. Um, and so, and also just, you know, for us, I think and maybe it's just because of the world I'm in, because um, of my interests, I mean, and, you know, what I kind of talk about and engage with, with, like, family, friends, whatever, um, you know, finance, things like that, like, um, like, because of the Roni Rona, I think that makes us, you know, that really got people talking more about the stock market and learning about finance and investing and things like that, um, where it's part of a conversation and we're kind of seeing, oh, you know, memes have, you know, had a, had a time when they kind of, uh, altered things or you're seeing things like Axie Infinity and the multiverse and Meta and all these kinds of things where it's like, oh, people are making money in those ways over there at that. And they're like in on the ground floors of it, of a lot of it. Um, and they're gaining crypto and their crypto is increasing in value and things like that. So it's like you kind of learn a lot um, and you get ideas about a lot of stuff. Um, but a hard part can really be, you know, organizing it in a way that you're consistent enough to kind of get an income out of what you're doing. Um, that can actually be pretty hard, uh, pretty hard to do. And then... Another thing that we sometimes don't really maybe easily easily do um another thing is you know not only just like following what other generations did but um leaving behind some of that stuff too um Taking a taking a closer look at student loans, taking a closer look at credit, you know, credit cards, credit card use, not really knowing how to really use them and um, screwing up your credit or having credit at all if you need it or if you don't need it. Um, just different things that we use, decide to use, decide to not have access to, um, different ways that we choose to live. Like right now, a lot of people are looking for used cars and the value of used cars is very incredibly high compared to before. It's just harder to get them. There aren't a lot of new cars on the market. And when people's old cars are dying or when they just want something newer, they're having to upgrade to a used car. Um, And so even the people who are starting out now in the stages of trying to get a used car where you know, when I was younger, you could probably get a used car in the $1,000, $2,000 range. I mean, that's hard to find nowadays to have something that actually operates and functions enough to kind of get you to and from um, within maybe like a 10, 10 mile, 10 mile, 15 mile radius, um, you know, routinely for like about a couple years or 
few years or so with like routine repairs um it can be hard to find something i don't even know if they exist i haven't looked but somebody was telling me or somebody was saying that the rav4 was like four thousand dollars or something or was it ten thousand i don't know it was like an outrageous number that you know people are paying like four thousand dollars for used cars twelve thousand dollars for used cars um oh my stomach wow i'm hungry um but yeah i was kind of thinking too i was like man my car is old and if i do when I actually sell it now might actually be the best time to actually consider this. Um, even though I'm not really going to sell it yet, I don't think, but I'll, th- I'll think about it actually. But if I sold it, I'd want something electric, even though, look, I don't want something electric. Let's be real. I don't want that. That's not something I actually do want, but, um, Electric has its benefits as well, and um, gas prices are astronomically high, so um, that could help. That actually could help, but my car works, you know? Like like I said, it's on its second engine, and there was a time when I was... um. When I didn't, it's on its second engine. There was a time when I, I, you know, um, didn't have to repair it at all. So now is not that time. <laughs> this car is like in June of this year. My car will be officially twenty years old. Um, but I got it in, yeah, I got it in June of '02. But it's a, it's an '03. Mitsubishi Eclipse GTS baby um I'm one of the only ones left um but yeah good car um I don't know um so mostly I'm kind of, like, trying to kind of help people figure out what the options look like. Um, Especially because everyone has their own uh, different knowledge bases. And everyone has their own... um, Everyone has their own knowledge bases and everyone has their own, um, uh, um, sorry, my brain, my brain just stopped, but yeah, everyone kind of has their own situations that are different from another person. So it's kind of hard to like generalize. But these are kind of some trends that I see. Um, So I don't know. I hope that's helpful food for thought. Um, Just to get the gears turning. Keep the gears turning a bit. Sometimes it's nothing like exactly direct. But sometimes, you know, just working with ideas, thinking about different things can kind of just help your mind get into another mode where you can just get to that next step where you need to be. 
or closer to where you're actually fully going. Um, I need to go get my food. It should be ready. I'm hungry. I'm tired. <laughs> um, thanks for listening. Thank you.